there, and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited you've taken time out of your day to download our program and to listen to it, and certainly hope that you will share it with your friends and family, that you would give us a, a thumbs up or, or give us that like button. Make sure to follow us as well so you get alerts when we release our weekly podcast. For more information about us, we invite you to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all lower cases. And there you can find out more about us, our statement of faith, how to support us. There's also a prayer list request there. And if you are a prayer warrior, I would encourage you to please go and pray for those people. Write their names down. Today will be part two of of Adam and Eve, uh, the creation. And today we're going to talk about Adam, the first gardener. Adam, the first gardener. And if you have a Bible, I would really like to, to open it, follow along. We'll be in... Uh, mainly in the book of Genesis today, as well as in, in Ephesians. But before we go too far, I want to read Second Corinthians chapter nine, verses six through ten. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verses six through ten. And I'll be reading from the New American Standard Update. In purity, in knowledge, in patience. And kindness, in the Holy Spirit, in genuine love, in the word of truth, in the power of God, by the weapons of righteousness, for the glory, right hand and left, by glory and dishonor, by evil report and good report, regarded as deceivers, yet true, as known, yet well known, as dying, yet behold, we live as punished, yet not put to death. As for sorrow, always rejoicing. As poor, yet making many rich. As having nothing, yet possessing all things. Our mouth has spoken freely to you, O Corinthians. Our heart is open wide. You are not restrained by us, but you are restrained by your own affections. Now, like in exchange, I speak to you as children. Open wide to us also. Well, as usual, I read probably more than I said I was going to. But anyway, I'm glad that you're here with us today. And we're going to talk about Adam, the first gardener. Adam, the first gardener. Now, someone once wrote a poem about their garden. I'd like to read it. I Sorry I can't give credit to it because I don't know who wrote it. I was not able to find out. It says, our radishes are puny things. Our peas and beans are dying. And as for the potatoes, well, those ain't even going to try. And that's one way our garden grows. I tell myself, who needs it? But down inside, it hurts to have it bite the hand that weeds it. I read that $35.1 billion dollars was spent last year on gardening. People seem to like the idea of growing something with their own bare hands. I know our family and many friends, we all enjoy fresh vegetables and fresh fruits. The idea of having to contend with weeds, bugs, rabbits, if you live outside of town, you might have to deal with deer and raccoons. The more the bigger the garden, the more wild animals could come around and, and really mess it up. 
and then you have to water it if there's no rain coming and there's fertilizer and, and of course weeding I know the, the wife and I really are in, into gardening and so uh, I know my my father he ha he had a different kind of garden you know, more of a flower garden but even a flower garden required weeds to be pulled and the flowers had to be watered and fertilized. I I wonder and I think I would have enjoyed the Garden of Eden. I believe I could have enjoyed uh, tending that paradise because this was not your normal garden. You see before the fall of man, before uh, the sin entered the world, this garden would have been an enjoyable experience. I know that because after Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible tells us very clearly that something changed for them. And in Genesis chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, I hope that you're able to follow along. And I think I've noted this before, if you have access to the internet, you can download a free one. There's apps that you can download Bibles for free as well. You see, when, when, when they lost the garden, they became under this curse. And, and, and God would tell Adam, part of this curse was this, starting in verse 17 of Genesis chapter 3. Then to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree about which I command you, saying, You shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. But thorns and thistles it shall grow for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. So in other words, uh, before the fall, uh, gardening was fairly easy life for Adam and Eve. Uh, the ground cooperated with them. There was no thorns or thistles, no weeds to mess with. And I'm suspecting that they really didn't have much to worry about, like mosquitoes and bugs and whatever else might come in the garden that could bite you. The word Eden meant pleasure. Because Eden was literally a garden of pleasure. I can picture how life was in the garden of Eden. Collecting food for lunch or for dinner. Patting down uh, uh, their bowls and, and to pick a strawberry here and there. And, or a blueberry for a treat pruning maybe a few branches on the trees as they walked along, maybe taking a, a, a swim in, 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 the way, in a lake, you know, a small waterfall. I don't know if there was a lake in there or not. I'm just telling you, I think it would be neat. Perhaps playing hide-and-seek with a few of the woodland animals. I don't know. But, and then, here, this is what would be great. As evening would come on, walking and talking with God, as they made their way through the garden. That would have been a pleasurable existence. It would have been a wonderful life. And God, uh, he would tell Adam that he had certain responsibilities in chapter 2, verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of eating, Eden excuse me, to cultivate it and to keep it. In other words, there were more to being in the garden than picking berries and playing with wild animals. Adam was placed in the garden to work, to be productive, 
to do something worthwhile in his life. Adam was called by God to take care of something that was important to God. With that thought in our minds, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. And the apostle writes, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Now, first of all, think about this. God created Adam in his own own image. We talked about that in a previous podcast as well. But here in Ephesians chapter 2, again, the apostle stresses it. So when we become Christians, we become God's workmanship. We're, we're created in Christ Jesus. And then secondly, uh, uh, God prepared uh, something for Adam to do. In Ephesians chapter 2 again says, God has prepared in advance good works for us to do. When, when I read Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, I had this image in my mind. I, I visualize God preparing a garden just for me. It's a garden filled with all kinds of good things for me to do. And I had the key to the gate. And, and I know when I, when I do those good things in my life, it's productive. It has meaning. And I know I'm doing something uh, that's important to God. Just as God is preparing uh, the garden just for Adam and Eve, each one of us uh, has a garden of good things designed just for us. That gives life meaning. This garden is designed for just for you. God created these works with you in mind. For your personality, your character, your particular strengths and weaknesses. And no one else can do those good works quite like you can. Because this garden was created just for you and you have the key. There, there are lessons I can, I can learn in my garden. For an example, one thing might be is God never gives me more than I can handle. But back to Genesis again, chapter 1, verse 27. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Verse 28, God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. You see, when God created man, he gave him authority over the entire earth. Adam and Eve had dominion over all the fish, all the birds, over every living creature that was on the earth. It was given to Adam and Eve. But all of that would have had been way too much responsibility for just two people. So God created a garden that was just the right size for two people to manage. Now, it was not that Adam and Eve could not go outside the garden and do other things, but their principal responsibility was the garden itself. There's an old saying, take care of the small things, and the big things will take care of themselves. 
This is how God expects us to live our lives as Christians. He gives us a little gardens of responsibility to teach us how to be faithful. You know, God knows that if we are faithful in small things, we will be faithful in larger responsibilities. Jesus once told a parable about a man who had faithfully invested in his master's money. It was, a, it was not a lot of money by some standards, but it was important to his master. And so when the master returned, he, he would reward his servant by saying here, uh, in Matthew 25, verse 21, Well done, good and faithful slave. You are faithful with a few things. I, I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. So if we think little things are not important to Jesus, we need to stop and rethink, because they are. Again, here's Jesus in Matthew chapter 10, verse 42. And whoever in the name of a disciple gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water to drink, truly I say to you, he shall not lose his reward. Obedience, even in the smallest things, is important to God because if we're obedient in the small things, we can be trusted with bigger responsibilities. If you really want to be used in, in a big way for God, learn to be faithful in small things. We need to find something that we can do and then do it. What small things could we, we do to serve God? Well, how about praying throughout the week uh, for those on our prayer list, on our webpage. Maybe your local church has a prayer list. Go and visit a shut-in, somebody who can't get out because of health reasons, uh, can't go to church, who would like to. Go there and visit with them and have a prayer with them. Maybe volunteering for something that your church might need. Helping somebody who's really poor and, and really needing help financially. Buying food for somebody who's hungry. I mean, there's a lot of little things that we can do. You don't have to do everything, but just do something. Then do it faithfully for Christ. The second lesson we can learn about gardening from Adam is this. God share crops with us. For those who, who do not know what sharecropping is, it's, it's where a farmer works a field that he does not own. The landowner, he supplies the land and, and sometimes even the seed or fertilizer and possibly some of the machinery. But when the crops come in, that sharecropper then compensates the owner of that field by sharing a percentage of the crop with the landowner. God owned the Garden of Eden. And he planted that garden for Adam. Back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. You see, God shared this garden with Adam. He supplied the seed to be planted. But ultimately, God expected Adam to do the work and take care of the garden. In the same way, God has given you and me, a garden of good things to do. He's sharing Christ with us. And Christ 
does expect us to invest our resources in that garden, whether that's our time, our, our treasure, our, our abilities, God will not be pleased if all we're doing is sitting around on the bench and keeping it warm. Christ expects us, he does expect us to get out and, and sow the seed that he has provided. God said, uh, you reap what you sow. But the question has to be asked in the podcast today is this. Are you sowing or are you just sitting? And what are you doing for Christ in his kingdom? What are you investing? Where are you putting your time for him, your treasures and your abilities? You know, I read one time years ago, it is often that in, in, in the average congregation, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. What if you are not investing your time for God? How much time do you spend serving God throughout your week? How much time do you spend studying His Word or telling others about who Christ is? What about your abilities? Do you use your abilities uh, that you have to do anything inside or somebody's home maybe or uh, maybe the little old lady down the street just really needs some help with her yard. And I'm not talking about doing nice things that make you feel good, but I'm talking about using your abilities to, to make a conscious effort in serving God. And there's always that treasure when what do you give back to God that he's blessed you with? Do you just give God leftovers or do you give him nothing at all? Or I don't know what you do. And it's really between you and God. Again, referring back to our scripture reading in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6-10, through 10, it says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his own heart to give and not to be reluctant or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. If you and I want to have a good harvest from God, we have to get serious in our thinking about what are we going to sow our seed that God has given us. That seed being the word of God, the knowledge that we have are we just sitting around on our seat and not spreading that seed? I want us to close the podcast today with, with this thought. And I know it's a little shorter than normal, but that's it's okay. Jesus promised us he was going on ahead to prepare a place for us. He told the thief on the cross that he would meet him in paradise. This word paradise is a Persian word meaning a walled garden used by a king. Jesus has gone to prepare a garden for us, a place in paradise. Thus, we will not only have a garden here on earth, but we will have one waiting for us in heaven. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 11-15, and then we'll close. For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. 
Now, if anyone builds on that foundation, whether gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, or straw, each man will work, will become evident. For the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which is which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so is through the fire. So what's in your garden? What have you planted in your garden, and how does it grow? Adam was given a task of taking care of a garden, and we too have been charged to work. Our garden today and that garden could be teaching our children the Word of God helping encourage a spouse to remain faithful telling friends and family about who Jesus is and what he can do for them and like he's done for you the the list is endless of the people we could talk to hopefully uh, those around us can see us and identify us as, as Christians well, I hope today's podcast has been encouraging uh, for you. Uh, we certainly are enjoying trying to put together this uh, mini-series, I guess if you want to call it that, uh, four parts. This is part two of Adam, the first gardener. And we're, we're going to uh, continue with next week, uh, part three, Adam and Eve and the expensive meal. And so that will be the title for next week. Again, thank you for listening and joining us. Uh, may God have the glory. May God bless you.